0: Sado
1: Coast
2: Base Radio. Radio Sahil Third
0: Base. Third Coast Base Radio. Third Coast
2: Base Radio. Third Coast Base Radio. Third
3: Radio.
4: Third Coast it is, y'all. Third Coast Base Radio, season four, episode 35. You already know what it is. It's your boy's metaphysic. Yo, what the fuck? It's your boy Kid Luna here. So happy to be back. Yo, Third Coast Base. And yo, we came here this month. We're bringing Murkish and Kitty to shut it down. So without further ado, let's get weird. kitty how you doing
2: hey i am doing very well i'm feeling so inspired by the world around me and i've just been creating nonstop, and that feels really good i'm glad that i could share this moment with y'all
4: yeah seriously thank you so much for your time so let's just go ahead and hop right into it like tell me a little about like, about yourself like where are you from what's your background like who's kaleido kitty
2: so i am I was born in Kenya, and I moved to the states when I was five. I still have lots of memories of being there. I've been back since we left, but uh that influences uh everything about me, considering that uh, I immigrated to a new country at a really young age, having to figure out the culture and always feeling like an outsider of sorts in the spaces that I would occupy. And uh, whether that was because of uh, the color of my skin or my quirkiness, (laughs) Um, there were just lots of things that made me feel like an outsider. And I got used to that and channeled those feelings into the art that I create from a very young age and I love to write, I love to tell stories, I love to help other people tell their own stories, and I firmly believe that whenever I'm creating music, for example, it's almost like an, it's almost like alchemy. Um, I feel myself going into these states of, uh, like these dream states that I call fever dreams where I'm flowing so intensely that my grip on time and space dissipates away. And when I create from that space, that's when the most magic happens, I believe. And so if you want to know about me, uh, I would say I am someone who operates heavily in, in, all, like in different flow states in order to create the things that are a part of my dreams. And uh, one of the things that I try to do or pay attention to is, what is the message of the things that I'm sharing? Is this a message to my future self or what is it, you know? So I think that being able to transcend that boundary of space and time allows me to search inward for the things that are most pressing on my soul and express them in a way that hopefully makes sense to other people and that other people can enjoy. So, yeah, I'm just I love art so much, visual arts, photography, videography, uh soundscapes, all of it. Um I'm just here to have a good time and make some cool shit. Yeah
4: yeah <laughs> fuck yeah dude totally into that um let's just start from the beginning so tell me about your musical background let's start from the jump
2: so i my musical background is i was trained classically in piano for a few years but i think what's more um i guess in line with how i musically operate is when i was uh, how old was i I think I was in middle school um, sometime. I learned Fur Elise and uh, Moonlight Sonata by Ear. Um, I definitely, I know how to read notes. I know some music theory. But one of my favorite things to do is to just get lost in the melodies of, uh, especially Chopin songs or uh, pieces. And so I would just play piano all the time, play around with different, uh, aspects of, of like transposing things that I learned. It's an intuitive practice. And it feels like any time that I picked up an instrument, whether it's a guitar or, um, a theremin, which, (laughs) which Murkish got for me for my birthday. Um, I love theremin so much. Uh, (laughs) I just, I'm able to tap into something that even though it's not technically superior or maybe I don't articulate in a way that someone who's had years of experience would, of course, but I feel like I'm generally able to find the rhythm in the things that I engage with and that I love to do. So, uh, as far as my background goes, I didn't take Piano lessons for too long um, because I was involved with lots of sports and other extracurricular activities, and that just kind of fell to the wayside. But I never stopped playing piano. I never stopped practicing for hours. I never stopped uh, the passion for being able to articulate myself in different methods and different mediums. And music is just one part of that. Um, What I'm trying to do now is combine the sonic. Flavors of Kaleido Kitty with a really unique visual palette so people can engage with my art in as many ways as possible.
4: That's super amazing. And, you know, I'm glad that you kind of expand on that um, because I'd like to know where the moniker Kaleido Kitty in itself came from. Um, Mm. If you don't mind, you know, Iterating a little bit on that, where where did that come from? Um you said you know you had like this kind of like classical training, you always knew like piano and things like that. Um was there a certain moment in your lifetime um where you felt that Kaleido Kitty was your representation of who you were as a person?
2: So I the name Kaleido Kitty comes from uh My personality, the way that I the way that I just am, (laughs) I think that cats are pretty reflective of the same kinds of vibes. So I I love to be cozy. I love to uh, take naps in the sun. (laughs) I like to (laughs) um, just cuddle up and like just, yeah, be cozy and also bring a sense of light. And warmth and um, a sort of twisting of reality in interesting ways. So I figured okay, well, a kaleidoscope is light that is reflecting and refracting to create these beautiful shapes and patterns. And I liken that to when I'm making music. Um, I take my soul and put it out there in a way where it is able to provide a sense of, uh, of wonder curiosity and makes you consider other parts of reality that maybe you haven't experienced or like experienced as, uh, um, as deeply as, as, as you, as you could, or, um, that I have experienced, um, word salad, <laughs> Um and Kaleido kitty also I mean you know like besides like ha- I have a cat tattoo that's on my wrist that I got whenever I was solo traveling in Lisbon Portugal in 2016 I uh I definitely have this sense of curiosity about people about different cultures about just being able to bridge the gap between what my understanding of the world is and what someone else's is just so I can understand more perspectives. And so when I walked into that tattoo shop and I got this tattoo from an artist who didn't even speak English, but his assistant did, and she was translating the whole time, um, I felt that there was this cementation of, of this, uh, of just like a reminder of like what it feels like to feel warm and cozy and and also kind of flip reality on its head a little bit for other people. Um, I love psychedelic landscapes, soundscapes, uh, art. My favorite, one of my favorite artists growing up, uh, Salvador Dali, uh, relating things to absurdism and surrealism. That's, that's what I feel like Kaleido Kitty is. Surreal. And impossible to necessarily categorize as one thing in particular because there's so much overlap with the things that I love to express, and uh, that's where that came from. I don't. I don't know if I ever really. Um, I guess 2018 is when I finally decided on a name for for myself, and uh, another aspect of it was. <laughs> Honestly, like search engine optimization, was there someone else that had that name? And <laughs> if right. so, like, how, <laughs> you know, what's funny is there is a Kaleido Kitty who is a dog groomer. And they also, <laughs> I didn't know that people did this, but people paint their dogs or like color the dogs as hairs. To be like yeah. bright pink and <laughs> this and that. And so yeah, like there's some people who I see are following that Kaleido Kitty. I still get tagged in things on Twitter after someone gets their dog groomed. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yo, that's really awesome. Really enjoyed that story. Kaleido Kitty in itself is just such an interesting name. So thanks for like breaking it down for me. Like the overlay and themes of past and present future is super fucking dope. Um, but I'd like to get into your mix. Let's talk about that. Um, really great choice of your music. Um, let's talk about, you know, what inspired it, what inspires your mix? Uh, who inspires you?
2: I am inspired by Murkish. Uh, I'm inspired by a lot of the homies who are part of the wave movement. Um, because especially when I think about how my music and my art is not ever categorized in one box. You can't really, you know, wave is one of those things that it encompasses so many different sounds and moods. And I don't necessarily consider myself a wave artist. I'm just an artist who makes things that resonate with me at any given time. And so with that being said, um, I have a lot of uh inspiration from people like Tom York, people uh like Mars Volta, um folks like Erica Badu, um Shade, especially when I'm thinking about the kinds of emotional experiences that I'm trying to provide with my voice. Um and yeah, just people in the wave movement who specifically have inspired me um, and like other adjacent movements are like people like Nick Neutrons, people like Error Within Code, E-Code, um, folks like Juche and just Connor and without um, people who wear their hearts on their sleeves whenever they're performing and like just moving through the world in ways that reflect what i want to see out of humanity as a whole so like in terms of the people who inspire me it's you know of course there's like the musical inspiration the artistic inspiration um but i also just think being a kind of person that has a sense of purpose and like commitment to bettering themselves and exploring new ideas with open minds and holding space for other people by being such kind and uh, generous humans. Like those are the people who inspire me, including people like Mercy and Gabe at Electric Realms. Those folks really know how to treat people with so much kindness and like, and love. Um, yeah. I also think that my cats inspire me. Um <laughs> I think about just being outside, walking around, feeling the sun, and yeah, just going down rabbit holes about topics that are related to my culture as a Nandi. That's the indigenous group that I'm a part of. I've been working on an art series for a few years now that directly connects with my ancestry and with my people. And I've designed art for covers specifically for uh, like an Afrofuturistic album compilation that Harmony Haven is putting out Um, and collabed with an artist named Nicole Washington to bring this to life in a way where people can resonate with this art and take whatever they want as far as a meaning from it. But the intentions of showcasing a different side of humanity, a different side of uh, cultures, culturally speaking, um, showcasing the diversity of people's expression. Like, honestly, the people in Harmony Haven are my biggest inspirations, 100%. The way that people interact with each other there is reflective of the kind of world that I think everyone should be able to access. I think that whenever people lead with kindness and compassion and understanding for each other, especially when we're just all a bunch of passionate freaks, a bunch of outsiders who have found a home in each other and in the space that Harmony Haven has provided for them to express themselves. I think that has been my one of my biggest inspirations to date, for sure
4: yeah yeah you guys have been super i mean you guys welcome me with open arms for you know the uh the black history compilation and i really appreciate that like you know just understanding and you know kind of deep diving a little bit with a uh, murkish just you know that lead a little bit about what you guys are about with that whole project that uh, mm-hmm. i think harmony haven is a great thing and Uh, it's amazing that obviously the people who surround you um, (laughs) inspire you and they inspire you to want to um, push forward that trajectory um, that made you want to open up a little bit more artistically, you know? So that's, that's super dope in itself. Um, Let me ask you, um, Mm -hmm. you know, because you have like the Harmony Haven um, at what point, Like, as an artist, like, at what point did you feel like this is what you really wanted to focus on? And, you know, a lot of people kind of feel, you know, it it, it may be one way or the other, but at what point did you feel like, you know, harm haven or musically, artistically, this is what you wanted to do?
2: Hmm. It's a constant unraveling of self that allows me to realize what I truly want out of life. Um, I'm constantly trying to improve myself and pay attention to the signs of, uh, from like the things that I do from the ways that I interact with people and interact with myself internally. And so in order for me to get to a point where I, this is what I want to do. I, I mean, I literally from the very beginning have never really been tied to, um, chasing after any particular trends or uh trying to amass a large audience uh that hasn't been my primary focus my primary focus is always to express myself authentically and uh with passion that is palatable whether it's in through the words that i'm singing the the melodies and the synths that i use and create um, Every aspect of it, including the visual side of things, speaks to different passions of mine that get materialized in uh, in ways that also uh, help build community. Whenever I come up with concepts such as like horrors from the Haven or other compilation albums, where people get the opportunity to showcase their artistry in a way that feels honest and organic for them without putting specific limitations, uh, for the most part, um, on what is possible within that sphere, right? Like I, I think that Harmony Haven, based on different life events, I have been more active and present in Harmony Haven, you know, sometimes more than others. But I think that especially now that I have a more defined sense of focus with what I want to do with my life, which is uh, telling people's stories in as many mediums as possible, whether it's photography, videography, um, with things like performing, like activism, um, and just as many... uh, Sorry. You're fine. As many avenues as possible that there are to expressing myself honestly the more avenues there are for other people to feel like they can be themselves even if they're not making a specific type of music that other people may have perhaps uh instilled in them a sense of obligation to do that in order to be successful i think what I try to do within Harmony Haven is simply just to encourage people to be themselves, to be compassionate with each other and to push each other creatively to see what happens. Um, it's, it's been almost five years now since Harmony Haven started. And I feel like if I look back at all the things that we've been able to accomplish in terms of like creatively uh, and also just like in a humanitarian sense because we do support each other in different ways. Um, I'm beyond elated that this; these are the types of people who are comprising this community and I want to do everything in my power to make sure that folks feel safe, folks feel capable, because they are, um, that folks feel like they can just be themselves and not have to put on any masks in order to be accepted. And so that's been my primary mission, I guess you could say, is just in order for me to want all that to happen, I have to also be an example of what it's like to just not give a shit about certain norms or like the fact that, for example, I released an album postcards from the apocalypse in 2020. And I've had several people say things like, or 2021. Oh my God. (laughs) This time has just gone by. Um, What
4: is time?
2: (laughs) What is time? So I've had people say things such as like, I would never release an album that early or like, I think you need to have this many EPs out, build up traction with single... Blah, blah, blah. Everyone has their own uh, way of uh, operating. Yeah, and it's exactly, fuck that. Yeah, no. because don't put I get me to on define... your timeline. Yeah, don't
4: put exactly. me on
2: your timeline. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, whenever you doubt whether you are doing things in a way that is authentic because honestly, if I were to just shift my mentality and be like, Oh, well, I messed up releasing an album that early in, a, in, in Kaleido Kitty's journey. Damn. Like, uh, like, yeah. okay. I'm not going to ever feel that way because at the end of the day, even though this art is meant to be shared and hopefully inspire people or just make people feel things um doesn't mean that I have to contort myself to the boxes that other people place onto me I have every right as an artist to do whatever the fuck I want (laughs) within you know like as long as I'm not harping people like I can express myself however the fuck I want to and if people respond to that by trying to prescribe norms of a typical music industry person who like has a very rigid idea of what it means to get success well how do you know that your version of success is what I want especially if you're making all these assumptions about you know the things that I'm doing and why I'm doing them I don't have time for that I don't have time I literally just want a vibe
4: Exactly. This is something I want to ask you too, like, you know, with, with Harmony Haven, with you and Markish doing all this um with this label, like like <clears throat> how does it feel to be a, you know, LGBTQ plus, you know, person of color who's trying to push this with all of this happening? Because it's it's a completely different, it's a different like arena. And so I just wanted yeah. to ask you about your experience. Like, you know, like, tell me about that a little bit.
2: I really appreciate that question because when I was just in New Orleans for Mardi Gras, um, I got hired to do videography to capture uh, an artist, beautiful activist named Queen Amour. Her... Uh, Her brand, uh, she's a trans woman of color and someone who really knows how to command a sense of joy in other people through her dancing, through her twerking. She's twerked on cop cars. There were people who were like extremely bigoted who were protesting. And, you know, she was just having a great time being herself and being the character that she embodies for these performances, right in front of them, even in the face of violence. Literally, people put their hands on her, people kicked her, people were calling her all sorts of horrible names and demeaning her humanity simply because she dared to exist as a trans and proud woman of color. And yes, there were other people there who were like being protective. My role was to just document and observe and like capture these moments because this is right now the way that things are going politically in the U.S. is there are so many horrific laws that are being passed sweeping across the nation that limit or inhibit people's access to gender-affirming care, for example. There are so many people who are doing everything in their power to make sure that trans folks, for example, don't have access to the things that are literally life-saving. There are people who are kicked out of their homes, who don't have a place to go, who are already marginalized in so many other ways, who deserve to have a safe space in order to just be you know, not, they don't have to explain them, just be. And so one of the things that I took away from this experience in New Orleans was that in order for the world to really heal, um, in order for people to gain a more, more of a sense of empathy towards their fellow humans, we have to be able to tell stories that reflect our reality and not just from a sense of like, trauma porn, right? Like, yes, horrible shit happens. And I've been on the receiving end of really, um, questionable to say the least treatment as it relates to me being open about who I am. And in order for me to, like I said, I have, I feel an imperative to set an example for people who are Afraid of being themselves because that could quite literally have really harsh consequences for their lives that leave them in those vulnerable positions for people to exploit. And so again, like one of the things I do is make sure that the spaces that I'm in online are supportive and, and safe for people who are marginalized to be able to be themselves. I think that allowing people to create from their own frames of reference, their own experiences, that can't happen unless there is a sense of safety. And so if you, you know, Harmony Haven, the name in itself, like I want I wanted from the very beginning for it to be a space where people could coexist, create beautiful art, and challenge each other to be better people and like just more understanding of each other. Because the world needs that more than ever. The world needs empathy more than ever. The world needs compassion, um, accountability that's safe for people, Um, and that's what... I'm trying to do with uh regards to like my photography and videography work um yes I love taking photos and and videos at shows and I have been documenting the scene for oh my goodness like almost four about four years now yeah and one of the things I want to uh I guess emphasize in any of my storytelling whether it's For music scenes or uh, what I got hired to do by Queen is this is humanity. This is this is what it means to uh, to just be unapologetically yourself. And once you're able to tap into that inner confidence, that inner glow that everybody has. Beautiful things happen and the world can change. The world can heal. Being honest about who you are, asking yourself questions, being grateful for the things that you have, being able to move through different spaces and feel a sense of ease because you know that you are precious and worth protecting those are the kinds of things that I think about whenever I'm engaging with people, whether it's in Harmony Haven or outside of that, because you never know what someone is, is struggling with. And as someone who has these intersections of queerness, uh, being black, being a being AFAB, uh, non-binary, um, I have to be able to speak up whenever... Someone needs to speak up, and so I'm constantly, for my life, for my whole life, been practicing speaking up in ways that make sense for each moment, and in ways that are centering of other people and what their definition of safety is, um, while still trying to maintain my sense of emotional safety and like appropriate boundaries. It's a constant battle within. Um, you know, if there's a tough situation going on with someone and I've experienced something similar, um, I try to be there for someone, even just to, even just to have, uh, so that someone has a space to feel like they're being listened to and heard. And I think instead of thinking about myself as an individual, I spent a lot of time thinking about other people. And that can be detrimental. That can surely be detrimental because you got to put your mask on before you put other people's masks on, right? But ultimately, I feel like it's my mission to encourage people to be themselves and make the art that they want to make, do what it is they want to do, not feel like they're held back. And if there's some sort of support that I can provide that allow someone to be able to tap into those dreams and experience them fully, I, that's what I live for. That's what I live for whenever I'm writing my songs. And I don't even know what they mean at the time. I just, that's just how I am. So. Yeah, that you was know, a very I, long answer. <laughs>
4: I, I, no, that was great. I, I really love those divulgences like that because it really allows me to get to know you a little bit more personally. Um, and what I want to kind of expound on with that is, like, you know, you've created this safe space, this safe community, and all things like that. And <laughs> this journey for you, obviously, it's been a long one. Um I I can't even begin to pontificate on, like, you know, what you have tried to do to push the community forward, especially, you know, with LGBTQ, person color, all these things. Um, It's obviously, you know, it's a, you know, you're, you're playing and you're at a handicap, you're already at, like, a negative three, just, like, what I would like to like, just when you're, when you're creating these communities and when you're, you know, you're seeking out these people and you're seeking out the people who might've been marginalized, um, just exactly like, how do you, how do you go about doing that? How do you go about creating your own community? Like, um, like with Harmony Haven or just in general, like, how do you go about saying, Hey, Some shit needs to change. This is what we need to do. How do you go about starting that up?
2: So I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the people in Harmony Haven who have been there from the beginning, helping make it what it is today. And, um, you know, the crew that we've got is, in terms of diversity (laughs) like we got a pretty diverse group of folks um a lot of queer people mostly queer people actually and several people of color people from different educational international backgrounds and um and just at different stages of life so one of the things that I have had experience with in terms of building community is uh being a part of lots of clubs and organizations in pretty much from middle school to my college years, just always trying to expand outward in ways that, that are allowing me to get to know not only myself, but like other people. And as a result of that, being able to support, encourage, or just be a friend to somebody, uh, regardless of where they're from and like, you know, whatever. So in terms of building community, I think that just talking to people. I love talking to people. I love understanding people. And I love that the internet has made it where we are able to connect in ways that I never could have imagined as a kid and so building community has to be one of those things that especially like with uh some of the work that i was doing in university it was necessary in order for things to get changed it was necessary to have a coalition of folks who are like-minded in terms of what they the outcomes that they desire are regardless of their own personal backgrounds that help make the community have a a backbone or a, a sort of anchor point in which we can uh, expand outward and like reach out to folks who may need that sort of space. I actually don't, you know, a lot of folks have been in the server who are just friends, friends of people um, and not necessarily like, you know, seeking people out specifically because of whatever identities they have, but more so, oh, these people are already vibing. Maybe they'd enjoy vibing in this space with with me and like with my friends, right? Um, community building has to be uh, a collective goal. There has to be a collective goal, collective goals in mind. And we have to have firm boundaries like you would with any relationship, especially when you're having people from all over the world connecting um, instantly with each other. So just being able to set certain ground rules in order to establish a sense of mutual respect and, uh, you know, the things that you would need in order for, for folks to feel safe, you know, that, that just, that was just at the beginning. Like, you know, we don't, we don't want, as this community is as Harmony Haven scales up and like more people become a part of it, one of the things that we've been thinking about is how do we maintain this sense of of uh, of almost like wonder and magic that exists here? And I think the most important things are just being vigilant, talking to folks without uh without prejudice and without preconceived notions, giving people a plate, giving, making sure that if something perhaps is out of pocket, that it's addressed in a way that is not, um, that, that it's addressed in a way that's fair and that if they have caused harm to someone else, like addressing, that like going from the perspective of what does the person who has been harmed want out of this situation in order to feel more safe to participate. Um, A lot of this is simply just talking, getting to know each other and establishing boundaries that we all agree on and um, being vigilant after the fact to make sure that the rules or or expectations that you set, are being met and if they're not having clear systems in place that can address those things in ways that aren't necessarily um overly harsh but there are some non-negotiables for sure but i th- i'd like to think that people are generally good and definitely sometimes people have bad days sometimes people are going through some shit and The way that they're communicating is not healthy. But when you develop relationships with people, you're able to reach out via DM or just wherever and just ask them like, hey, what's up? What's going on? Instead of coming in super hot, just like condemning them for like making a mistake that isn't necessarily that harmful, if that makes sense. Um,
5: Yeah, I don't know.
2: Hmm. I, growing up in Kenya or like having my, having my background be Kenyan and, and understanding how my parents were constantly having people over for tea, for food, whatever it was like, there's just a sense of hospitality among Kenyans and a sense of community that I grew up with that was inherent to who I am. And I try to apply that same sense of community building to Harmony Haven because when you have that level of consistent support, consistent uh, encouragement and uh, the ability to express yourself in the ways that you want, that's an advertisement in a way to other people. Like, hey maybe I want to be a part of this too. I'd love to be included. I'd love to be a part of a community where I don't have to worry about people flinging racist uh, comments at me or any of those isms, you know what I mean? Um, And that's when I think people are able to bloom. Um, Not to say that Harmony Haven is the catalyst of that all the time, but I will say that in terms of creatively speaking um that is having events that or or compilations or creative challenges that's icing on the cake i think more than whereas the actual sense of community is the main attachment or the main like thing that i get from that
4: tell me like straight up Is there anything, like, that you've done on this path, with Harmony Haven, with everything that you've done? Like, is there anything that you felt like you've learned that you might have not learned otherwise on this artistic musical journey?
2: I think one of the things that I've learned is that when you operate based off of assumptions, you're... You're signing up for, you're signing up for trouble. <laughs> you're signing up for trouble because you're not taking the time to understand someone's hu- and recognize someone else's humanity. You don't, you know, not everyone has their IRL, like, you know, their actual photos. Maybe they have an avatar that's a cartoon or like a a meme yeah. or just whatever. We have to be able to recognize that behind all that is a human being who deserves a certain baseline level of respect that you would give anyone else. And so one of the things that I've learned is whenever you put yourself out there in a way that's perhaps bold or unafraid when other people prescribe this idea that you're maybe not enough or you're not, you're not doing things in the right way that they would do it. Um, being able to, firmly root myself in myself (laughs) and like understand myself in the way that allows for me to push past those comments or or um or things that honestly don't really matter that much. That's when I truly feel free. I feel free to be myself. Therefore I can create things from an honest place of joy, curiosity, wonder, uh, just raw inspiration that I feel whenever I'm in those fever dream-like states, whenever, like I mentioned before. Um, I've learned that you don't need a lot of expensive gear to make things that are incredibly moving and powerful. I've learned that you have to be able to prioritize yourself and what I mean by that is I'm one of the things that I struggle with is putting other people before myself so much so that it can go into like kind of sticky territory where, um, burnout and other things like that can pop up and having like, to deal with certain experiences in the past few months that have been utterly draining and difficult, but still I have projects that are out, you know, that that have been outstanding with people, and I have a responsibility to commit and follow through. That has taught me that it's okay to set certain boundaries. It's okay to communicate with people when you're not doing the best, or like you're not capable not capable when you're unable to commit to something anymore it's okay to communicate that it's okay to just share how you feel in a way that other people can take that and just you know do what they will with it but just being honest about where you're at is so important in order for these relationships to really thrive um whether it's in a professional or personal context, and um, I think that's
4: super serious yeah. with with artists. I mean, I, I'm not even necessarily just musical artists, or just like just people in general. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people have uh, a hard time um, setting boundaries, not necessarily with other people, but with with themselves and what they can and can't take on. And I think what you said is a really good. Um, I think that's a really good piece of advice. A lot of people, um, they overburden themselves, unfortunately, um, especially just because it's the expectation. Um, and I, I think what you say there is a really good piece of advice that, you know, you have to learn to kind of like step aside from it and, um kind of look at the whole project as a whole or you know necessarily just you know you gotta look at what you're doing and i don't think a lot of people do that i don't think a lot of people um take the time to step aside i think a lot of people pressure themselves into doing more than is necessary you know
2: definitely been there before and i think that this is a symptom of the world that we live in as at large where um Things like grind culture, I, that yeah. doesn't necessarily appeal to me at all, actually. I don't, you know, I believe in working hard. I believe in being diligent and uh, being able to take on the challenges that will come inevitably with being an artist on a personal, professional level. Especially if you haven't had professional communications uh, instilled in you. Like, yeah, people are just trying to figure this shit out, just like I am. But I think that I I really don't relate to that aspect of culture where the grind, like, rise and grind. No, like, we need to rest. We need to rest. We need to divest from this idea that our worth is with our labor. Um, And if we're truly trying to create spaces that are um, in, I guess... A little bit of rebellion from the typical music industry. I think that it's disingenuous to uh, to think that you're doing something new when you're you're pushing to the point of like burnout. Um, yourself to meet standards that other people have set now it's one thing if if you're trying to like make a career as a dj like there are different aspects of this that i have not had experience in and that i can't speak to but generally speaking if you have this idea of what you should do and it's based off of people who are (laughs) honestly just much better off than you in terms of like financially or whatever kind of clout that they have, whatever, like if you just focus on making your art more um, impactful and taking a breath sometimes, I think that powerful things can happen because when you're able to rest, you're able to zoom out from your initial perspective. And see things in a way that could challenge your original intentions, and if you're not taking the time to reflect on yourself, let alone your art that you're making, um, I think that that's a sign that it's time to just chill out. (laughs) Like it's time to just like take a step back and really like dissect. Like why do I feel burnt out? Why do I feel like exhausted all the time and uh with regards to like making different projects why is it not fun anymore um but they're they're, you know there's struggles that come with being an artist where you just have to kind of push through especially if you're looking for specific types of opportunities so like i said i can't speak to everyone as a whole considering that everyone has different goals and definitions for what success looks like for themselves but i will say i'm never ever 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 going to be a part of grind culture because that stuff is uh rooted in the idea that your worth is in your labor and i'm much more complex than that and so so is everybody else
4: Yeah, Um, musically, musically, like, it it shouldn't have the ideology of, like, capitalism. Like, it shouldn't be, like... Absolutely. That's stupid-ass shit. Um, You know, but I I appreciate that you say that. It's funny, because it's like, all right, you know, um, I always look at it like the analogy of... um, Well, I don't know if you played any of, like, the Elder Scrolls or, like, fucking uh, Skyrim, Oblivion, Wind anything like that, but... After you gain like so much knowledge, you have to rest. You have to rest on what you learned. Um and I don't think that um our society is uh conducive to that. I think it's more so just like, okay, you did a thing, keep going, keep going, go harder, go harder than that. You should go harder than that. Oh, you can't go harder than that, then fuck you. Like we don't mm-hmm. get we don't get um a chance to you said earlier like we don't get a chance to rest and we don't get a chance, like we don't we don't embrace like who we are artistically we don't get to learn because it's like okay you did a thing but now what um i think that's that's a very solid unfortunate mechanism of what we'd like to call the quote-unquote industry um a lot of people have these blinders quote-unquote but also not even necessarily blinders just short attention span, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I I really appreciate you kind of pointing that out a little bit, that, like, it it is okay to just rest and learn upon what you have experienced. It doesn't have to be a straight nine-to-five, like, this artistic lifestyle. Yeah, it may seem to be that way, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be that way whatsoever, you know?
2: I reflect a lot on things like Afrofuturism where central to it is this idea of world building. You get to imagine and bring to light life, the world that you want to see through your actions, through your art, through the way that you just engage with the world. And that's so powerful for me because I, you know, we, things, times are tough. Things are really intense right now in this world and i think that as an artist i want to be able to speak on certain topics that are um perhaps controversial to some but simply are reflective of my own experiences um and also to have fun to just shake my ass and have fun (laughs) i think that is so important um, yeah, and because if that kind of, of gets controversial,
4: fuck them. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: It's literally just someone expressing themselves. You can move on. You don't have to like, subscribe, literally just do you, baby boo, and it'll be okay. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Um, so one of the things I wanted to touch on was going to Pantheon and uh, Seattle this December, or last December, and realizing that, People, generally speaking, like they I, I guess I had kind of uh, had this idea that I was still very much so an outsider in terms of like, oh, like whatever, like I'm I'm just here like I have friends here, sure. But at the end of the day, like I'm here to do a certain job and you know I want to do it well, and I hope that people can like see their brilliance and their beauty reflected in the stories that I share with folks. And with that being said, uh, I've had a lot of things going on that have, you know, made deadlines more flexible, I guess I could say, um, made, made to where like certain accommodations have had to be made. And it takes a sense of, uh, um, For me, it was really hard to assert certain boundaries because from my previous professional experience, I mean, we would have turnaround times that were ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous, but understandable, um, considering the nature of the things that we were covering photographically and, and otherwise. So one of my principles coming into or going into Pantheon was I want to be able to do this work and not feel like I'm I'm not being true to myself and I'm not prioritizing my health because I get sick pretty often after these shows, these gatherings because we're going super hard and it's fun, but I think that another thing is like being able to recognize that harm reduction, which is very central to like what I think about and, pr- and try to practice harm reduction wise, that was not I, the way that I was going so hard, um, resulted in me getting burnt out and having to sit with that and sit with myself no
4: serotonin in my brain
2: whatsoever L- literally like i That's my
4: <laughs>
2: my discord um status is zero tonin, zero tonin. it's nice. been like that for a long time now I just, so just, i know it's exactly not
4: here. <laughs> it's just
2: it's just not here but like i love doing what i do and i have to realize that and other people have to realize that these things can wait like i know that it's amazing perhaps to be able to see what things are like from another perspective whenever you're pouring your heart out on the stage and doing your thing but um ultimately i've had to realize like i have to prioritize myself unless yeah, i'm looking for trouble sure. and if i am going to Create a sense of, uh, of um, if I'm going to advocate for harm reduction in nightlife spaces, which is something that I'm very passionate about, I have to treat myself accordingly. One of the things that I did was I hosted a retrospective of Pantheon um, and invited performers, people who, you know, there's a media person who is a part of this uh, this event in the Harmony Haven server, um, and spectators who were just listening to the conversation. It was in the style of like a panel discussion, right? So why I think that this retrospective slash integration circle is necessary is because it allows people to reflect on what happened, what they loved, things that could be improved, and ways that we can expand in the future in ways that are more sustainable. And so that is something that I am proud of doing um, is just being able to bring people together and have, you know, uh, moderate or facilitate rather important conversations that have pretty big implications if we are able to like pull these things off. Right. So. For me, part of this goes back to the building community thing being able to recognize that it's really amazing to be surrounded by homies and to just have a great time, hear incredible music. But we have to do better with regards to uh, harm reduction so that we don't have the pantheon flu we don't have the liquid ritual flu like they're just there's there's so many things that um could potentially be avoided
4: oh we're all sick what's up with that yes (laughs) yeah
2: like (laughs) it's yeah so i think like i was saying part of building community is being able to recognize the things that maybe people don't want to talk about because uh Sometimes people respond to those conversations in ways that indicate that maybe you're killing the vibe or something like that. But it's more important to me to have certain safety measures in place so that people can gather and have a blast together, but still feel a sense of like more peace, knowing that they're being uh, taken care of uh, by someone who's trained or has experiences where they're able to uh be that support for someone uh so that's that's something that i'm looking forward to in the future is just seeing the ways that harm reduction is being applied within the within the wave scene i gotta shout out every eternal because they're at the black box in denver they have a wave residency monthly huge 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 this is historic this is incredible and getting to attend the first one was powerful beyond belief, especially since they took the time to to post a code of conduct to keep in mind when you're in those spaces. And so, you know, there was a situation that happened with somebody who was not behaving appropriately. And, you know, I immediately talked to someone about it and it was handled so quickly and smoothly in a way that wasn't even disruptive to everyone's enjoyment. So I like to shout them out before just being, having that foresight to make the spaces uh, more safe for people in very, like, actionable ways. So I'm, that's the kind of thing I want to see every single show, Um, that level of, like, care towards establishing certain boundaries and, like expectations for your conduct I, I really like that i i think it's so important for people to celebrate and recognize that not not everyone is going to be able to experience that sort of uh that sort of like live music uh live set see let me let me start that sentence over um because not everyone has the privilege of being able to attend these shows, um, I think that it's important for, for folks to, to just look within their own communities and think about, all right, even if they don't have a community yet and they're looking to build out a scene, a, a community, um, whatever you'd want to call it, looking at people who are, have been doing this kind of work is exactly how you, um, foster a sense of safe accountability. And that's really important because especially uh, a lot of the time people think that in this day and age, like, Oh, people get so offended or, you know, whatever cancel culture, blah, blah, blah. I think what we can do to address those concerns is simply provide good examples of uh, compassionate leadership that ultimately are going to be cemented into the history and culture of this movement that is WAVE. I think that we have examples already and it if it means like reaching out to folks, making that connection yourself so that you can try to uh, build a community of your own, I think it's worth knowing that people are, you know, more accessible than, than you might think. You know, there's this dichotomy sometimes people have of, oh my God, like this person has this many followers. Oh, they're a big producer. But it's like, right. yo, like, they're still a human being at the end of the way. The, the, uh, they're still a human being at the end of the day. And if you reach out and you're trying to start a community or or nurture the community that you already have in a way that is more reflective of what you want to see, there's so many people, resources out there that can help you on that journey. And so being able to communicate openly and honestly with folks, regardless of how many followers, regardless of what kinds of experiences they've had, um is really important to recognize because more often than not, folks are just, they're just happy to, to be there, um, and to help others.
4: I don't think a lot of people realize that. And, um, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think the universe tends to naturally unfold. It should. So I don't like to like, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. I believe. Um, let me ask you something like as an artist, um, this is like, uh, I guess this is like one new question that I've just been asking this season on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, as an artist, like what what's your dream? What do you want to accomplish? Like, what is Kitties? What's your end goal?
2: To never stop. <laughs> My end goal is to simply have the ability to create as much as I can and as much as I want to. While supporting uh, the development of Harmony Haven in a way where it could eventually result in a physical community space for people to explore art, to have access to things that they may not otherwise have access to in terms of creative tools and mentorship and support, I think that it's really crucial, especially since uh, art education across the states is just not Doesn't where, sense. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, and then you, like, you'll see like a video of like a five-year-old making beats and it's like, honestly, the technology's there. Just got to put it in the right hands, right? So I want to be able to have that physical space. I want to someday uh, either start or uh dj at an ecstatic dance event i love ecstatic dance um
4: explain ecstatic uh, dance if you don't mind
2: yeah so ecstatic dance is a free form dancing movement where um you just do what you do on the like the rules are no talking and You know, consent, of course, like with if because there are ways that you can dance with other people without uttering a word. The whole point of the space is to um, play music almost like a bell curve. So it starts slower, rises into this peak in the middle, and then it goes back down to more relaxing, uh, more slow paced uh, music. And yeah. the point of that is to be able to have people channel whatever energy they're feeling into each moment without there being an expectation of them dancing in or moving in a particular way. Um, I first experienced this when I lived in D.C. And it was so beautiful to be able to be in a space where, yeah, I don't have to talk. I can just dance in my corner. I can dance all around. I can do a cartwheel if I want to. Um, I could lie on the floor and make a a snow angel, even though there's no snow. Like You can literally do anything that your heart desires as long as it's not harming somebody or inappropriate in some way. And the whole point of it is to just tap into this flow of movement within yourself. Like, huh, like you don't have to overthink. You don't have to remember any steps. You're just moving and, you know, having a good time. And at the end of the ecstatic dances that I've experienced, we sit in a circle, very big circle. And if you feel so inclined, you can share your reflections of uh, what you just experienced. Anything that you notice, that stood out. Um, And it just creates this beautiful sense of, like, community around their, uh, you know, in a way that there's not an expectation for you to show up and be any kind of person but yourself. Um, And that's enough. And that's what I get from ecstatic dance. I can move and contort my body and, like, look like a, like a, like those, like, uh, those floaty things that are outside of car dealerships with their arms waving around. Like, Amy. I could literally be anything.
4: <laughs> that's, no, that's super dope. Uh, I mean, like, yes. I, and it's funny because <clears throat> there's like three questions that I want to segue into, but um, I, obviously, that's something that you enjoy to do outside of you being a producer. Um, mm-hmm. I want to kind of hop into you as a musical artist as well. Mm-hmm um so i guess let's just just hop right into it like what okay so when you when you start making music uh is that is that like a part of the inspiration that uh that free flow let's talk about you as an artist so um you got a blank daw in front of you i don't even know what your favorite daw is but like what do you do when you start making music
2: One of the things that I like to do, I use FL, by the way,
4: is
2: (laughs) FL Gang. Um, One of the things that I love to do is every, okay, so I learned about this free writing activity when I was in school. And the concept was to just write anything, five, ten minutes max, probably closer to five. But in the musical context, I, I did 15, 15 minutes. What can I make in 15 minutes? Any you know, and if there was a time I was doing this every single day as a sort of warm up uh, to to grease the cogs in my brain, just like grease the gears, and make it move a little bit uh, slicker <laughs> with each iteration of like a song. And um I when I have a blank daw I typically Go in. I, I I never have a lack of inspiration. Like I never never ever have a lack of inspiration. um And so I take something that I think sounds cool, build a song around that. Whether I start with my voice, maybe I've written a poem or or uh, written a song, and I'm trying to figure out like, huh, like what key would this best go in? Like what what kind of vibe is this really? But whenever I end up just flowing. these creations turn into things that I could have never imagined. Because I'm telling you, like, when I say that I lose track of time and space, I go to this other realm where I'm able to just flow with the synesthesia. I do experience that, and I think that's also helpful in my creative process, because... If I hear something, if I want to like create a certain emotion, I'm able to channel it visually in my brain and then convert that into tones and uh, textures. I'm very much big on textures. I love having cinematic music that tells a story and takes you on an adventure through the cosmos. Um, and if I'm able to accomplish that, regardless of what genre or style that I'm making, I feel happy with it. Um, But yeah, opening the dog can be a little scary sometimes. (laughs) I got to admit, like, it can be a little bit, like, especially if I feel
4: like... Yeah, it's like artist paralysis, right?
2: Yeah, like, there's so much inspiration here that how, which direction should I go in? Um, And I realized that if I just start anything like just seeing it to a certain level of of uh, of I guess completion in my mind like those 15 minutes I surprise myself every single time and that's a really cool feeling to have just being able to surprise yourself with your own uh creativity and hopefully so maybe ha- turning that into something else later
4: so let me ask you like um you know like what like you open up the doll like do you have a go-to um like vst or a piece Mm -hmm. of hardware like what is your like as a producer like what's your thing that if you're going to open up a track this is what you start tinkering on first what's your thing Uh, what's your go-to
2: i don't really have one um it depends like all right so let's say i want to make a drum and bass track like okay i know that there are certain, certain BPMs that are associated with that. I use very vague prompts for myself, but then whenever I'm trying to do like a creative exercise, that's when it gets more specific and results in more, I guess, uh, fleshed out music. Um, and by that, I mean, if I have more rigid parameters, like, okay, yeah, 15 minutes is the time parameter, what about 15 minutes but you can only use the scale or 15 minutes and you the vocals that you do have to be like uh vocal fried or like just whispery or just evoke a certain mood um but yeah no i i don't really have a go to i really love just seeing where each thing each project takes me and I haven't quite established a routine because the songs that I make are so different um, from each other.
4: So you definitely take it as like a, you know, this is probably the first time I actually heard this on the podcast, but so you you take every um, <clears throat> project file as its own independent source then, huh?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And there may be, I may save myself some time by making something in a project that is a template so all right if i know that i'm going to be having vocals i know that those vocal uh channels are already sectioned out in a way where it's easy to just record and then tweak the settings and go from there so or or you know it has like different side chaining that's routed so it's like a matter of picking different samples and then uh Going from there, um, I think that when I allow myself to go in without uh, a more, I guess, rigid direction, it allows me to just get into that flow state a lot easier. And even within that, I get very focused on uh, tweaking things like the percussion and like making sure that the detail work really provides a sense of adventure for somebody who would be listening to it. Even though it's only like 50, if it's 15 minutes, if it's like a few hours on the in the in FL Studio, I I literally just take each project as its own. Uh, I guess you could say postcard, which is kind of what I was uh, thinking whenever I made my album is these snippets of my artistic journey are not reflective of like a, you know, like I'm not using the same sound packs necessarily for each track. They span in genre in style in vocal delivery, but there are very clear themes that I've inserted and very clear intentional messages that I've inserted into these things so that when you consume it or experience it, Uh, you hopefully can pick up on that. And I don't think that there's a way that I could standardize my process more um, in terms of like starting, okay, you always got to start with the drums, always start with the bass. But (laughs) I do use templates that I have from other projects so that I don't have to spend as much time doing like the nitty gritty, fiddling with EQs for 10 hours, you know, that bullshit.
4: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) yeah so let me ask you um as a producer uh and it's funny that uh, obviously like so you have a a way with what you're doing um but what what's your uh, you say you don't have like it's you you have templates you have things that you want to do but what's the one thing on every fucking song everywhere you go (laughs) What's the one thing that you throw on? Like, what's your go-to <laughs> What's your go-to piece of hardware? Because you have it, don't fuck around. <laughs>
2: okay, so I really love Diva, and nice. I, I okay, so I I have this thing about theremins. <laughs> um, are <they're>, yeah. <laughs> so usually I find a way of inserting a theremin sound into tracks and. I also, like, vocally speaking, I just like leaving little Easter eggs. Like, whether it's, um, <laughs> whether I'm providing a texture to a track by, like, being so silly. Like, for example, in my song, my war dub song, Nothing Left to Conquer, there's a part of it where I'm just like, <laughs> in the mic, just just being goofy. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I love when I can just like, cause the things that I sing about the things that I portray emotionally. Yeah. They're moody. They're emo. They're definitely like I'm in my feelings a lot, obviously, but it's, it's all like a lot of it is just goofy. (laughs) Like I just have so much fun trying new things and trying to like find interesting ways of repurposing uh sounds that are like uh atypical but yeah no um cinematic is how I would describe my music generally like cinematic electronica and I also um I also call I also call my music now neurodivergent dance music because I can't... Yeah, that's that's one. Um, And another thing that I... I I, I, I need to, like, trademark this or some shit, but, like, popping my autosy is literally (laughs) the theme of everything that I do. If I'm popping my autosy, I'm being my most authentic self... Even if it may be a little weird to some people, it's whatever. Because guess what? I'm popping my autistic and just having a great time.
4: But let me ask you, um, this is kind of one of the newer questions that I've been asking on the podcast. But like, <clears throat> as a musically artistic person, um, like, are you satisfied? Where do you want to go?
2: I want to do more of what I did in New Orleans. Um, for Mardi Gras with Queen Amour, which is being given the opportunity to capture uh, someone's story who is literally fighting against the hegemony, fighting for people's rights through dance, through joy, through music, through twerking, and having such abundant joy and love for yourself, like the most authentic love for yourself. I want to be able to do that and combine my musical uh, uh, practices into helping weave these narratives together visually. And Queen gave me her blessing to use my music. And so I've just been imagining what that would look like in terms of like what I could be able to communicate to the world with a platform that allows me to showcase people whose stories need to be cemented in history. Like, what what am I going to do musically to enhance that experience for someone? Um, And other than that, I so desperately want to make music for games or, and, not or games, films. Oh, just any sort of OST, I want to do it. I want to do uh I want to put this like cinematic, atmospheric, trippy vibe that I have musically into the context of uh a longer experience than just the length of a song. If you're playing a game, for example, um I made a song based off of Earthbound, which is one of my favorite games. And I'd say it's that's one of the best game. songs that I've ever made. I'm gonna have to send it to you, but uh, I. Uh, people are always telling me, like, oh wow, like, this sounds like it's in a game. And I'm sure other people can relate to this, but that's. It, this sounds like it's in a game. It sounds like it's from a movie. This is very, like, uh, atmospheric, cinematic, da da da. And hearing those comments, it makes me think like, okay, well, I still sometimes feel like musically, I'm an outsider in the wave uh, community, musically speaking. But I know that there's a whole world out there for me, where the kinds of things that I make are going to make sense for the context of whatever it is that someone is trying to experience. And so yeah, my ultimate goal is to basically be a composer. I want to be the next fucking Hans Zimmer. Like I want to be the next Clint Mansell. Um I want to make I want to be like Trent Reznor who you know, has such a diverse range because that's me. Like I have a diverse range not saying that I'm excellent uh, or at the point where I'd like to be with these things, but it's a constant process of growth and discovery of myself that allows me to channel those things out freely. And when I'm able to do that, I feel such a sense of bliss knowing that I captured the aura of an experience, whether it's through my lyrics, whether it's through, you know, because some, you know, not every, not A lot of OSTs that I listen to simply just don't have lyrics. But I still think that the other things that I make that are um, instrumental really are able to tap into my deepest emotions. I feel like I can relate to people in ways that are... It it can be a little intense. It can be a little intense. uh, But that's where I go back to that idea of like being able to... As I said in one of my songs, or The Divine Spark, <clears throat> turn my chaos into something beautiful in time. That's exactly what I want to do with the rest of my life. I want to tell stories, uplift people in the margins, and allow them to share their experiences while using the backdrop of my music as a, as a guide for, as like a humble guide through these experiences that people have that they're willing to share. Uh, so that's that's where I'm at creatively. Um, I just want to I just want to sing and dance and have people resonate with that in a way where they f- they're thinking more about the world that they live in and how they could positively impact it with their own artistic, creative contributions and more. You know, being more thoughtful and kind to yourself. Like those are the kinds of things that I think about a lot.
4: That's um, <clears throat> I, I I like that a lot. I really appreciate when people have the uh, the ideology of looking towards the future. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people are kind of I guess narrow focused, narrow minded, tunnel vision, and they just have this. Um, And I appreciate this conversation that we're having because I can see that you are actually looking beyond yourself. Um, So I I really do appreciate that. Um, Let me ask you, um, just like as an artistic person on on the musical journey, like um, this is another new question, but how do you feel about your journey so far? Are you satisfied?
2: I'm so proud of myself, honestly. I'm proud of myself for being alive right now. Um, I'm proud of myself for being able to face each day with a sense of strength that hasn't always been there. Um, And I'm grateful for the opportunity to be in community with such amazing people, like in Harmony Haven and in other uh, spaces as well, where we can simply coexist, and be moving around artistically in whichever ways that we want, but there's just still this like inner sense of peace that I have that I don't have to be like anyone else. I don't have to be anything other than what I want to be, and so when I feel comfortable enough to share these intimate explorations of, honestly, like my mind and myself, my music, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm able to let go of a lot of my neuroses <laughs> and my uh my hang-ups about my presentation um and just letting people have the opportunity to feel and interpret things in the ways that they want as opposed to rigidly defining what things are Um, being fluid is incredibly central to who I am as a person. And also I think that that reflects in my music as well. So I'm very much so proud of myself. and I'm excited because I've, you know, exposed myself to different kinds of music and learned other styles of singing in order to incorporate it into my, 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 sonic shape-shifting is what i call it so uh i'm just really happy to learn i want to learn how to do metal vocals like i want to do everything i just want to make things and have fun
4: Now that's funny that you're like talking about the future this is literally what i was gonna like kind of segue into like what what do you want to do like moving forward like what projects do you have going on like you got some shows like what what is the, um, the vision for Kaleido Kitty? What do you got going on in the future?
2: Honestly, I have been thinking about that a lot because I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, I would love to have more opportunities to perform live and, you know, incorporate my vocals into that. Like I have at an Electric Realm show that Murkish was a part of. And that seriously unlocked something in me that told me, you have to do this again. The way people resonated with that experience of both of us doing vocals and and just also like DJing, uh, it left me wondering like, okay, how can I feel this again? It's almost like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's its own sort of like, uh, high, I guess you could say, just being able to put yourself out there in a way that people resonate positively with it and like have a good time. So, what's next for Kaleido Kitty is hopefully I I get booked to do some performances. Um, I do media work as well, so that's that's something that I've been thinking about a lot is how. Whenever I go to shows, I don't really spend a lot of time just dancing. Like, I mean, I'm in work mode. I love what I do, and it makes me feel like so connected to my surroundings and the people who are performing, but I still want to... Can you hear me, by the way?
5: Yes, I can.
2: Okay, my uh, Discord just... Okay, cool. Um,
5: You're good. <laughs>
2: yeah, my my goals for upcoming collido kitty include like i said playing more sh- playing shows being um in an environment where i can help produce the experience so i don't really like the idea of me being like on a stage above people i'd rather be like maybe you know like the boiler room type of sets where there's someone in the middle and like everyone's around the way that i envision future Kaleido kitty performances is Something that I think about every single day because I pretend like I'm performing in front of a crowd of people who are there to see Kitty. I pretend, all right, okay, so pretend maybe, I mean, yeah, like it's, that's what it is, but I visualize that so firmly and I will go through like a set list, I guess, of songs that I would sing or perform and act like... I'm about to be auditioning to I don't know, like like I just I think it's so important for me to dream out loud in these ways. It's
4: incredibly important. I don't care what you do, dream. Yeah. Dream is destiny as far as I'm concerned. That's one of my life.
2: <laughs> yeah, like one of my favorite sayings that I got from uh like a a journalism program uh in high school that I went to was dream, dare, do. Those three words are my guiding force. I can dream all the time. I dream so often uh, floating off into my thoughts and like, I'm a, I, I don't know, it's, it's sometimes fun to get lost in there, right? But um, being able to channel those thoughts into music and other kinds of art, it's such a blessing especially since the way that I experience things sensory-wise is so intense that I can't help but feel this need to, like, almost like you have to work out because you're getting super jittery and, like, you know, you need to, like, take take it down a notch in terms of, like, expressing your energy in a way that is constructive, right? So whenever I do these visualizations where I'm pretending or, like, imagining the future where I'm, you know, singing live and able to put on the type of production that I think matches my aesthetics. Um, It feels so good. It feels so affirming. Also, to have a partner who, the other day, um, he was just singing my songs, like, nonstop. (laughs) Like, he was just, uh, he woke up, Uh, Marcus woke up in like a pretty chipper mood and um, I was still sleeping but I could hear him singing these rotations of songs (laughs) and it was such a sweet moment I actually ah those I want people to be able to take these words and like do that same thing that he did and be able to relate in those ways. And I feel like one of the things that stood out for me that is something I haven't yet come to terms with is all right, several people have told me that, like, one person in particular has said that the way that my voice is um, in my song, honestly, is the voice in their head whenever they're singing, which is like, I never expected to hear anything like that. Um, I also, have through my music inspired some people to come out as trans and 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 non-binary and you know just just from like me not separating who I am from my artistry in that way um Mm -hmm. there's all there's just been these things where people like really resonate with it in ways that are like honestly magical and when I have been you know like I said earlier in the conversation I feel like whenever I'm I'm in that fever dream it's like casting a spell and that spell comes back to me in the form of feedback from folks who resonate with it in such powerful ways I never really know how to respond to those things other than like you know intense gratitude but it does still sit with me like I wonder what's possible if I could expand this outward in a way where more people can potentially relate in these ways or in ways that I don't even have an awareness of right now like I I just want to make things that are timeless in a way because they are They already
4: are. Exactly. I was like, they are incredibly timeless. And I think this is just me being me, but at the end of the day, I think you're going to be able to resonate that with the audience. And I think you're going to be able to provide a platform for people to express themselves. And I think you're also going to be able to have a platform for people to appreciate you you know, um, as a person. And I I think that listening to your individualistic music, it's beautiful, you know? Listening to this mix, it was amazing. So, like, I don't think that's going to be an issue whatsoever. I think the only issue is just time But even time isn't an issue because at some point I hear, like I expect to hear, hey, Kaleido Kitty on, well, I don't know what the fucking major network stations are out here, (laughs) but you're going to be on the radio. (laughs) You're going to be on the FM radio, and I believe that 100%. I think that you have that, and I think that what you are trying to provide to people in your social setting, which you're trying to, um, build this inclusive community of people who are looking for individuals who, um, see them or always looking for people who see each other. And I think you're doing a really good job of that, honestly. And I, I, I just want to express my thanks because it's, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't happen so much, you know,
2: I really appreciate that. um thank you so much, and I'm also very grateful to have been given this platform uh to just speak to the things that contextualize who I am uh, because people can look on social media, people have all these assumptions about what life is like for not just me, other people right
3: yeah but
2: 100%. we are finding the time and the space to connect in a way that is also timeless. And uh, I know that one day I'm going to look back on this and see that this is just the beginning. Like there's more, I know in my heart, like there's more coming and I can't wait for you to also feel that.
4: That's the funny thing about this podcast, let me tell you. So this podcast, our Coast Base Radio, we've been around for a little bit. Um, every person that we have on this podcast has literally like projected themselves into some like absolute out-of-bound shit. And me and my co-host Luna are always like, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> don't get me wrong, Like you're going to do big shit. I know you're going to do big shit, like 100%. I have no qualms about that whatsoever, so I'm excited to see where you go, and this is where I would like to ask, um, you know, um, if you had a couple of people um, or, you know, some artists that you would like to be on the podcast, who would you recommend? Because let me tell you, that stepping ladder is real. So, Um, you're on the ladder right now because someone recommended you, and I am going to watch you catapult into some really crazy-ass reality, and I'm excited to see that. But if you could recommend one to two people to be on this podcast, who would you recommend? Angel Cannon.
5: And... Hmm.
2: you got me with oh yes okay so i think besides angel canon i think sama sama would be a really good option for that um i've been working a lot with sama who's based in portland um we're actually going to be working on an album soon um and he is he just has the kind of mind that is so like the way that he thinks and creates is so captivating he's um he's seriously such a good person and um i'm i'm so excited to see where he goes and where we can uh hopefully journey together in this uh preliminary stage of making an album right so besides sama Angel Cannon because, wow, wow. I, I, I can't say enough nice things about him because he is so talented that he's able to have, uh, he's able to capture so many different styles of music in extremely proficient ways that are moving at the same time technically speaking amazing emotional delivery amazing vocals amazing and not only that but he's such a wonderful person who's very thoughtful conscientious wants to be the best person that he could be and reflect that out into the world in ways that are like often filled with humor and uh i just i really appreciate him so much and he's also um just his, you know, I, I don't really think that age necessarily means that you're you're more mature. But um, I think that for how young he is, I've I've never met anyone with such a strong sense of of purpose and determination who is able to like convey that in the art that they make. At, I believe he's in, he's 19 years old. Um, yeah. But yeah. Sama, incredible, Angel Cannon, incredible. I hope that I get to hear them um, here someday.
4: I will definitely reach out. Um, I, <laughs> it's. I really like how passionate people are about other artists because that makes me want to reach out. Um, I, I do each time, really. I'll reach out right after this. So hopefully we mm-hmm. can get them on next. Next season, that'd be super dope. Um, Can I throw in answer. another name? Hell yeah! Like, come on, give me literally everything you got because I'll reach Hell yeah! <laughs> okay,
2: so Rexu is a part of Harmony Haven, and when I tell you that, oh gosh, I'm I'm almost at a loss of words trying to even think of how to describe uh, Rexy, which is what I call her. Um, so. Rexy has this proficiency again with like such a range of of styles. I honestly, I just feel like they're they're one of those people who has like one of those gifts that you're just completely blown away every single time that she creates a song and she often doesn't necessarily um feel that same level of appreciation that I feel like, I mean, people can feel what they want about their own art, and we're our own biggest critics. But when I say Rexy makes stuff that I feel like could change the world, like, I'm not even joking, like, Rexy has it. Um, And I want her to feel like... I want her to move accordingly, honestly, like I, you know, I'm not going to prescribe how someone should behave, but like when I say Rexy's music is phenomenal, extremely quality, so much thought and emotion and care goes into each piece that is just, yeah, it's just beyond words. Um, And Boo would be incredible to have here. L3G, love to live your life. Um, He is such a dynamic performer. Beyond that, though, he's someone who is like a sage of sorts. Like he has spent a lot of time reflecting on things, has an ease to his communication with folks that is both perceptive, kind, and curious and, um, like genuine, such a genuine, genuine soul who makes bangers. Never misses. He's working on an album right now. I got to make a video for him, um, as a Pantheon recap. Got a little sneak peek. And let me tell you. Hey. Ooh. Yeah. No. Like Spoo 100%. Um, <clears throat> I think it would be also wonderful to invite uh, da- Danny and Connor and uh, Remnant I've had, Cosmo.
4: I've, I've had Danny on the podcast. Danny's actually oh. what started the the wave shout out wave actually. So.
2: <laughs> oh okay. Well, my bad there. Um, Connor an absolute gem of a human being who puts so much love and passion into the music that he creates that you can just feel the energy seeing him perform at every turtle. Oh, seeing him perform at Pantheon. Beautiful. Um, uh, Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Um, And one more, excuse me, is mimosony. So, Namasene is someone who makes music that is I would describe it as cerebral. It's very eloquent and honestly like there's 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 so much magic in these songs. Um
5: Ahava is the name
2: artist name. And Namasene in Greek mythology, is the goddess of memory. And I can tell you right now, like if you hear an Amosony track, you're gonna remember it, period. So that's all that.
4: Not, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would like to look that up because I'm all about Greek and, uh, I'm sorry, I wanted to say Greek and Roman, but I say Greek and Greek and, <laughs> Roman, <laughs> Greek and Roman mythology. I'm all about that, like that's my shit, so. Hell yeah. So let me ask you, um, where, um, like, where do you exist in the interwebs? Like, where can people find Kaleido Kitty, what's your MySpace, your Jenga, your Vampire Freaks, what's your ads?
2: So if you want to follow what I've been working on and just uh, see some tomfoolery, you can follow me on Instagram at Kaleido. Collide- k-a-l-e-i-d zero kitty um and then on twitter i'm just kaleido kitty with no zero just an o and um yeah that's that's it for now i have a kaleido media page with an o that is linked on my um my instagram but honestly if you want to explore more about who I am, the kinds of music that I make and to see some really cool things that um, I've been able to collaborate with other people on, I would just go to my link tree. So my link tree is linktr.ee slash Um And you can find links to everything there. So, yeah.
4: Kaleido, it was, it was super amazing to have you here to... <clears throat> Express yourself as a human on the podcast. Um, I would like to give you the platform right now to give you <clears throat> just a chance to give some last words of wisdom to the audience, you know, like what what would you like to say to anyone that might be listening to the space cast three hundred years in the
5: future I would say that. Hmm, let me compose my thoughts for a sec. So, if your goal in life, any goal that you have in life is, let's see,
2: without, without empathy without authenticity without being able to feel a sense of safety uh to be yourself and to determine who you are for yourself first and foremost um because you have agency and have like you know your own unique perspective of what it's like to be alive if you don't have those things then I I'm sorry. (laughs) Like you, I feel like those are, those are the things that lead to genuine uh, connection with yourself and others. And as you explore yourself more and develop these things, you're able to generate a sense of longevity to your, to your ideas, to your very being, you being who you are unapologetically, is how you navigate the world because you find ways of unintentionally projecting your past experiences into different situations in ways that aren't really, really um, compassionate to yourself a lot of the time. It's so easy to get swallowed up by cynicism in this world, but if you maintain a sense of hope and courage because you are an artist, you are going to have to deal with the most, you know, life is not always peachy, but as an artist and as a human being, you know that. And so being able to channel that energy into into the most authentic expressions that you're capable of at that any given time, that is beautiful, you are beautiful. You have um, the ability to determine your own destiny. Don't let anyone ever tell you what you should or shouldn't be doing, especially if it's people who aren't necessarily um, reflecting a sense of authenticity in in your direction or, or uh, towards you. So just keep in mind that you matter. You have a divine mission that maybe you don't always see clearly and you don't know what that is yet. Keep asking yourself the hard questions. Have fun. And hopefully we can live in a better world together uh, through this.
5: Yo,
4: I actually, like, wow. Uh, I'm not going to expound any further on that, but that was, <laughs> like, straight up. Like, that was that was super amazing. A lot of Kitty, I really appreciate your time, your space, your energy. This is a great conversation. Um, like, seriously, thank you so much for everything. Your mix was great. And I hope that you expound further and that you reach the people that you need to reach.
2: Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a delight. I'm very honored to have been a part of this. And thank you for giving people this platform to just be who they are. Um, I really appreciate you.
4: Hey, it's Murkish. What's up? Yo, that shit was insane. Once again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for that energy you just brought. Uh, Let's just go ahead and jump right into it. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Who's Murkish? Where are you from? What's your background?
0: Well, so... I'm from Alabama. This is not exactly a uh, mecca of electronic music. So... I started making electronic music because of the internet. You know, I grew up uh, in the 90s and early 2000s and drew a lot of inspiration from metal music. And I started making music using a guitar tab software for, like, learning guitar. And it lets you program raw MIDI notes in the form of a guitar fretboard. And i made whole songs in that and that was like 2009 and 10 and it wasn't until <laughs> yeah i didn't start producing until 2018 though that was like my foray
4: okay so um it's funny i really love when uh, i get a lot of artists who say they have like the the metal background love to know more about this software too and, he said this was like super early 2000s for you. Was that like um, when you got that tablature music, was that like like your first approach to like your musical background? Uh, like was that like
0: something that you kind of wanted to do in Alabama, like play the guitar? Yeah, I started playing guitar in middle school. And I mean, I still do. It's been like, shoot, 13, 14 years playing guitar. But that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in like a metal band. I learned how to scream. I I learned how to sing and play guitar. And then my guitar teacher had me do these tabs that you open up in uh, Guitar Pro software. And it just shows you, like, numbers on the fretboard, like, super easy mode. You don't even have to know music. And that's how I figured out, okay, well, if you can... You can write in this software. And I didn't know what a DAW was, but I was making compositions of, like, drums, bass, guitar... And they're like, they're like decent songs. I still, well, I would go back and look at the composition and it has no sound design. It's all just like raw MIDI stuff like you'd get on a cheap keyboard. But I was doing some pretty neat stuff for a like 15 year old.
4: That's very interesting. Uh, um, did you say this software was called Guitar Pro
0: or? Yes, yeah, that was the, so like the paid <laughs> version was Guitar Pro, but then there was this open source version that was called tux guitar because the linux mascot is tux the penguin and it was so he was like the mascot for their software
4: that's super dope um so between you picking up the guitar for the first time and then like um going through the the rock the metal phase you know kind of learning musical composition um like where at what point do you feel like you know, are, like, was there a specific show? Like, what turned you into the electronic side? Like, was there a specific moment in time where you're like, hey, this is pretty dope? And kind of swayed you the other way?
0: Shoot. early on, I didn't listen to a whole lot of electronic music, but I did get, like, an early taste of it from Dance Dance Revolution. I and understand. there were these um, liquid dubstep they called it mixes that i stumbled upon from like ukf and there was another one i forget the name of but those those liquid dubstep was like the first thing kind of like wave music that i heard and that was that was around 2011 too so there was a lot of formative years for my music opinion i guess you could call that at that time right so you'd say kind of like
4: you know it was it wasn't necessarily like the forte but it was kind of always there in the background because i was kind of like Kind of more so leaning that same way to 2010, 2011 ish. I was definitely going through like an alternative rock, like tool. I mean, I still fucking listen to all, them all the time, but like tool system oh, yeah. and all that. But I, you know, there was always like, you know, DJ Marksky or you know, those like underground mixes in like UKF for sure. And the UKF was like fucking life changing, but I don't know. I'm not sure if I remember the liquid dubstep ones. I remember just seeing like, uh, you know, like Flux. People yeah, like that, you know things like that for sure.
0: It was called the Going Quantum podcast, and they had this one mix. It was like hard trance, March 2011. I remember that was the first time I heard electronic music that I really was into, and it was reminding me a lot of the DDR stuff I heard in the early 2000s when I was really little. Right. my parents got me DDR on the PlayStation 2. I think they they wanted us to exercise as we were so into video games. Me and my siblings. <laughs> but then did they I know
4: they're about to create some <laughs> rave monsters.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I really liked Sandstorm by DeRude. Yeah, that was like I, my I mean, favorite one. That's an actual classic. Like I don't think
4: anyone can hate that song. I don't care where you're from. It's it's the best.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, as overplayed as you may think it is, it's still a good track. Straight
4: up. So, at what point, like, where where did the moniker, like, where did Murkish come from? Like, where did that, where did that boil from in the ether?
0: Oh, yeah, so, in 2016, I started school. I was, um, I had been out of high school for four years. I went to the Marine Corps and went to school on the GI Bill, and then when I was starting saw 2016 i started listening to like soundcloud when i was studying because it was the only place i could find decent instrumental music that wasn't like too hype edm kind of stuff and little than i know like i was listening to a lot of like instrumental trap beats and then it started bleeding into what is wave and the re-spaces and stuff like that yeah and as that was progressing a couple years later, I wanted to make the music and I was reaching out to people on SoundCloud, like, Hey, uh, sending them DMS like, Hey, how do I, how do I produce this? Like, I I don't know. I, I had no idea. How do I produce wave music is the question I was asking. I should have been looking up how to produce music just in general, but I was being super specific and Yeah. And uh so the person that got back to me was spirit bomb and he pointed me in the direction of the wave pool discord server where i met a bunch of people who were uh they were really able to help me out like uh i met mimosany and they really i felt like they were a mentor for me and, and, and of that whole group of people were really welcoming and at that time when i was starting to uh I opened up FL studio and it was just like a blindness over me. I didn't have any idea how to do it, but I had an idea for the type of music I was into and what I wanted to make. And I, I decided really quickly, I needed to have a name and my measuring stick for whether or not it was a good name was if it wasn't taken on soundcloud. The, the URL wasn't taken. I didn't, it didn't matter anything else. Just soundcloud was all that mattered. Right. And I was thinking, okay, wave music, right? Water. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's dark. It's foreboding. It's emotional. I'm thinking of like puddles and dirty water. And I ended up like, it was like a murky, uh, murkish, you know, it kind of, it kind of processed like that for me. And that was, that was kind of reflective of what I was going through at that time. I was, I think it was the summer of 2018. I graduated from college like December 2018. So that was my last semester and I was, I was so over it already. And I was going through it, couldn't even eat a healthy meal or anything, just ramen and peanut butter sandwiches trying to make it through. Right. So yeah, I think that that, that name was reflective of a lot of what I was feeling at the time. And I still have those, those periods. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'll ever go away from the name Murkish. I feel strongly that that is a part of who I am and that the history in that name, regardless of how I change is important. It's
4: interesting that, yeah, I like how you like phrase that because Yeah, your story behind it, I have a lot of people, and I ask them this question basically every episode. Um, Just, you know, a lot of people, some people don't, you know, necessarily have the origin story. And, you know, a good amount of those people do end up rebranding in some fashion. and. I do wonder, you know, where people get there. like your uh, I enjoy it because I'm like, yeah, it doesn't seem like you would get rid of that because uh, it, there seems to be a, a valid emotional connection to it. You know, like even with like my name metaphysic, I've, you know, like I will never rebrand from that no matter what I thought about it. But I'm just like, there's no way it's just a highly emotional attachment to that
0: story. So I appreciate you sharing that with me. Thank you so and uh i'd be curious to hear your story sometime
4: oh i would love to do that in real life it's it's a long one that's the one i'd like to do face to face for sure (laughs) okay so let me let's hop into you know your mix for a second it was bombastic for sure um what what inspired you know like your track selection or what inspires your soundscape behind your track selection behind your music um What exactly on
0: your journey right now is like? What made you choose those tracks? Oh, man. So I've been working on a lot of music and I haven't been releasing a lot of music. I have so many songs in different genres that I've been trying to complete for so long. There's deadlines. I'm trying to go, I'm going back to school. I'm working and it's tough to finish songs, but it's easy to make new ideas. And being ADHD as I am, it's easy to come up with switch ups and just lose continuity between each song, or even within the song. Like maybe, maybe it's drum and bass one minute, and then it's hard style, and then why not drum and bass again, and then trap? I, I don't care. It's just what I'm feeling as I'm writing it. And I love playing with different soundscapes, but I think the the one thing that i carry through is melody is important and i think the way that melody ties into the rhythm of a song it just needs to carry forward together there needs to be a synergy
4: i'll take that and let me ask you do you feel like like because artists you know who don't necessarily stick to one lane do you feel like it's a little bit harder for them um, in this quote-unquote industry,
0: Maybe so. I think that a lot of people in wanting to be successful will stick to one style to try and cater to a fan base that they've created. But I think that doing that, you're you're kind of chasing failure because it's exciting to try new things, and I think that people want to hear new things, and it's it's rewarding to experiment. Every song is not going to be successful. And as long as you like it, as the producer, as the creator, I think that that's something that's important. It's a bonus when you get to see other people enjoying the music that you make. For for me, personally.
4: Yeah, and I wonder, like, you know, because you building your community up or finding your community from, you know, being a Marine to, you know, finding that Discord Uh, the wave pool community on discord to you know where you currently are like that was a, a journey in itself and you didn't you know well don't correct me if i'm wrong but you didn't you know give up your you know integrity for that journey right no
0: i kind of stick to what i think works maybe to a fault sometimes where i mean i'm open to feedback i have a group of friends that I have as like go-to people, a couple of folks. If I haven't gotten feedback from them yet, I can't release the song, you know, like that kind of connection with folks. And I think that in a way that helps, that helps me stay true to to who I am. People that know me and will know you can do better and that I can trust that opinion I think that's important to have, the, like, a like a support system in place with your friends and even family. I think that people who don't produce music actually give the best feedback, for one thing.
4: Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%, especially if they're
0: really listening to it, you know? Yeah, especially, like, people that don't produce them that listen to a lot of music. Right.
4: Well, let me ask you, um... Because, you know, what, what are you going to school for? Are you going to school for, like, you know, music stuff? Or what, do you, what are you majoring in right now?
0: No, no. I'm going to school because I, I went to school for uh, computer information systems. And I work IT. And now I'm doing cybersecurity for my graduate degree. And it's something that I I can't say I'm not passionate about it. But I do feel at times that I am diverting my focus a little bit because it it doesn't have to do with music. But for where I'm at in life right now, I think that maybe that's important to not only focus on one thing. You you get tunnel vision. If you're doing just one thing for too long and focusing so hard on it, maybe it would drain my passion if I was studying music and if I was doing music full-time right now.
4: Yeah, and I always ask people, you know, like, you know, what do they enjoy outside of this? Um, you know, like my undergrad was psychology before I went to school for like music shit. And, you know, that, that I think that was pretty good. And like, you know, like my professional shit has just been like transportation logistics for the most part. So I think having like separate, you know, areas of like focus kind of help, I guess help that those facets grow a little more you know and um you know the reason why i asked that though is because uh because i ask people sometimes like is this your focus do you want music to be your focus and some artists on here you know um that hasn't been their focus you know they it's been other things so is this your focus or do you want this to be your focus or is it just something like you know that you're just super
0: passionate about I so deeply want music to be my main focus and that's what I'm striving for. I don't think that it's quite there yet for me to confidently, confidently quit my job and move into doing music full time because I have established a certain lifestyle that I'm okay with right now with the salary I have. And I think that it's nice to be able to spend that extra money on gear and traveling. Like, Barrel, my partner, who also goes by Kaleido Kitty, went to Denver at the end of January, and to see some uh, friends of ours playing. Can't remember all who was there: uh, Juche, uh, Danny Without, and uh, Con- just Connor. I'm forgetting someone, but and yeah, no, that was it like was... the first iteration of like the wave, like the rave residency, right? that's right at the black box and we wouldn't be getting to do that stuff if i was doing music full-time right now because i wouldn't be able to afford it but i want to be there uh that's that's what i want to do do you feel like like and like obviously you have an appreciation because you're like multifaceted on these
4: like ends but do you feel like Um, you know, this journey of you, like, uh, on that musical path, like, do you feel like there's a couple of things that it's taught
0: you that you might not have learned otherwise? So, things I've learned by producing music? Yeah,
4: just like, you know, on your journey as a musical artist versus, you know, all the other things, you know, that you face in life.
0: Yeah, I don't think that I would... I would have the same perspective I do right now if I wasn't producing music. I would probably just keep doing what I was doing before I started producing, which is just play video games in my free time. And I still do that. I'll have bouts of time where I get sucked into a game and I can't focus on anything else. And it's okay. um, to my detriment. It sucks away my ability to be productive. Yeah. I think it's important to have those outlets, but for me I get I get too immersed. And so it's good for me to have music. I think that without music, I don't know what I would have put that energy into. But I'm I'm thankful for the the community that I've been able to find through like Harmony Haven. We've built that up. And I'm proud of the connections I've been able to make through music. I would never have the friends I do if I didn't produce music. And these are people who I deeply love and adore the creations they make, the people them, and the company that they they keep. You know, it's a positive energy that i never experienced in the marines for example or even from classmates at school or anything like that like musicians when they come together and create a community they really love each other and i am happy to be a part of it
4: that's amazing. I like it's. It's really interesting, you know, because <clears throat> me and Luna, we've been doing this for a while, and we've seen so many communities form and build up and grow stronger. And it's just interesting how how this <laughs> how this ecosphere continues to grow. And yeah, I w- I could only imagine going from being like a marine to like <laughs> like I, it's just something incredibly wild to even comprehend. Um, and you said you've been, you know, kind of on this, like, musical path for a while, like, you know, picking up guitar at a young age and things like that. But, like, yeah. if you could go back, if you could go back and give yourself advice, like, 10 years ago, or if you could give some advice to someone that's up and coming that's listening to this show right now, like, as far as, like, that path or, like, you know, the things that you've learned or things that the community has taught you, um, like, what what piece of advice would that be?
0: Mm, for me, there was some. There was a huge thing that was blocking me from making music. There was always some barrier that I was creating in my mind, like, "Oh, I'll do it when I have enough money to buy this piece of gear," or "I'll, I'll start making music once I'm I'm done with school. Then I'll feel like I have time." And I kept creating these barriers. And I don't think that you should have. That mentality for anything. I've felt that way before about like working out, for example, like, oh, I mean, I'll do it when the new year hits. No, I mean, you need to I just do, do it. it. Yeah. Because the longer you wait, your moment of opportunity starts to shrink. And then before you know it, you're 70 years old, retired and then you don't have your hearing anymore, it's difficult to start doing something. I, 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 I mean, I'm glad that I started producing when I did. And I only wish that I started sooner, because I, I had it in me. But yeah, to, anyone, to anyone who's... Any age, it doesn't matter, but if you haven't started yet and there's something that you're using as an excuse or that you think is a barrier all you have to do is download a piece of software it'll run on any computer fl studio or ableton they'll run on anything and there's so many resources and people out there who can help you that you should just do it it doesn't even matter if what you make's good either it's just fun yeah the the can't mentality or the,
4: it's a, it's a extremely strange pitfall to find, like fall into. Uh, like even myself, I was like, I'll wait until I finally get my fucking degree from school. Uh, yeah. Like you said, before I get all yeah. this, fucking, before I get all this gear, before I like feel confident about doing anything. And you know, it's like, just fucking do it. Like, just seriously. Um, it's, it's interesting because I mean, I guess a lot of people, you know, especially people who don't have like a, like resources like this to listen to and kind of like you know, it's easy to kind of fall into that own uh, you know self-fulfilling prophecy of I can get better when, but not, you know, if I just do it now.
0: yeah the the when I have or when I get to any any of those statements, it kind of kind of makes you lose sight of the now, right. And, you
4: know, you said it earlier about, like, you know, kind of, like, you can download the shit, like, these PCs and computers can... They're pretty damn ridiculous with what they can do now. Um, yeah. And, like, so, like, do you have, like, a specific, like, you know, a specific DAW? Like, what, what do you use? Like, let's hop into your mind as a producer. Like, do you feel like it's just a
0: tool? Oh, yeah. At this point, I think that any DAW is about the same. Like, you might see people arguing till they're blue in the face about which DAW is better, but I think they're all about the same at this point. Personally, I use FL Studio. I've tried to use Ableton. I, I wasn't feeling it. I think it's good to kind of maybe shop around a little bit. Watch, Don't watch videos on YouTube asking, like, what's the best DAW? Because you're just going to get someone's opinion. Maybe watch a couple of production tutorials for a specific DAW. Get a little bit more into it check them out see if you like the workflow see if it makes sense to you i settled upon fl studio because i remember in high school i talking to this dude who was showing me on his ipod classic sharing an earbud some music he made and he was like yeah i made this i'm like oh really and what he's like fruity loops like, nice. so I had that seed planted in my mind that that's what I needed to use to make music.
4: Yeah, Free Loops, that's the, that's, that was one of, that's what I think. I I think I downloaded that first. If not, I think my brother had like Sony Astro or some shit that I was like fucking around with, but I didn't know about mm-hmm. that. But uh yeah, no, that's that's so funny. I'm I like Ableton now, but I I definitely feel like it's definitely to each of their own with like the capability of just like exporting stems, it really shouldn't fucking matter at this point, you know.
0: Yeah. I would recommend FL Studio though, because if you're thinking about as a beginner, most resources available, I think that FL Studio and Ableton, they're kind of tied. For being the most popular, and they have the most YouTube tutorials available. So you're going to easily figure out how to start. And then yeah. you'd have, like, your your fringe DAWs, like Reason and Bitwig, are a little bit less popular, and so it's harder to find good tutorials.
4: Right, and then don't both of them offer, like, a, like an actual, like, free version that you don't even
0: have to get cracked and shit at this point, right? Well, I mean... FL Studio's free version... I think it doesn't let you save. It'll let you oh. render out audio, but it won't let you save. Nice. <laughs> so
4: like PlayStation One without a memory card.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that that's what it does, and that's um. So it's like that. It, that's your trial, basically. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, so. I wouldn't go for that. But <laughs> if you know where to look, or if you know who to ask, you can always find something free if it's software. So.
4: Yeah, that's a—I don't like to say it, but I'm like, honestly, if I can find a version for it online, I will. But if I'm, like, making Buku bucks, then for sure, I'm like, I'll pay for whatever. But, you know, if it's like, hey, I I would like to try this, like, plug-in Diva, I want to try this synth out for a little bit because I saw it in the video and see what it sounds like type shit, you know? But if I'm like, yeah. Hey, if i really love this then i'll probably throw some money on it like you know pay for my synthesizers and omnisphere and shit like that or an actual ableton but like you know other small little vsts if i can find it you
0: know might as well i mean i'm not going to shame somebody who's starting out if the barrier for you is money you can wipe that away you can get somebody to help you out and figure out how to find it online because if if that's the only thing blocking you Be creative. Right? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. You have like a go-to like
4: VST or piece of hardware though that you use in all like all your tracks? Or like what is your what's your whenever you open up the blank, you know, project file, what's your go-to?
0: Yeah, so early on I was using Nexus. Native instruments massive and i think i got serum not too long after that and i had omnisphere those were like the early ones i started with and it's just because i was looking up like best plugins to use lists you know and i was finding a lot of these videos from trap producers and they were like nexus nexus is the best and i didn't know like anything about production so i got these plugins just based on what they were saying and okay that's a preset picker i mean you can't really customize it that much yeah. But it's cool. It was it was useful for a little while for me, but I I kind of stopped using it cuz it didn't I didn't like the quality of the sounds it made, so I started using a uh, I started using Massive and a lot of my early music had just a lot of Massive presets that I found. I had this pack of like 30,000 Massive presets and I kept going to the trance folder and I would pick some <laughs> lead out of there and like (laughs) i remember finding those things online (laughs) yeah i i had the the album rebuild i made was all like massive and serum and those freaking presets saved my life because i didn't know how to sound design but i could find something that sounded like i what i wanted because maybe the, the producers i was listening to were using those same sounds i don't know a lot of it's generic enough. Like a super saw is gonna be a super saw, regardless of yeah. No of. matter what, yeah. But nowadays, you know, I use a I use Diva a lot.
4: Diva, nice, yeah. That's that was the one of the ones I just downloaded and experimented for a little bit because it's like it's good for those you know melodicky sounds for sure. But, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of like Massive in its own. I think Massive kind of like is an MVP in its own category just because how, I mean, the user interface might be like not what people like like. Because a lot lot of people are messing with like Faceplant and Serum now because it's like, you know, Wavetable and you can see a bunch of shit. But Massive, just because of just like... It's CPU load
0: alone. That shit's amazing to me. Like, I still feel like Massive's on your tracks, bro. I was trying to make some a certain sound the other day, and I couldn't figure out exactly how to get it to be as gritty as I wanted it. And then I'm realizing that it's because Massive, the one I was using, actually has this kind of dirty sound to it that I wanted. So, <laughs> so I downloaded Massive again. Got that preset pack pulled up and was just rolling through it. But I actually know how to use massive now, so I can kind of I can kind of edit what I'm doing. Back but back when I was starting out I had no clue.
4: How do you feel about the new uh like the new Massive X? Like well one, do you feel like there's too many plugins or like not enough? Uh,
0: there's too many. You get decision paralysis. There's way too many, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's too many that do the same thing. Massive X, I don't know. It's It was just the same, like a reskin almost. And they made everything, they moved everything around and made it harder to use because I was already used to using Massive and I had finally figured it out. And then I'm like, oh, where's the envelope? I don't even, I I was having to relearn it. But I think just just knowing how synths work helps, though, you know, attack decay sustain release yeah. you you got that you you understand how lfos function you can figure it out
4: yeah filters and envelopes and adsr for sure if you can figure that out you've yeah you're on your way yeah so let me ask you um uh obviously you produce and you dj um and this is something i kind of asked just Kind of get like a gauge because it's where it's always a little interesting. But how do you feel? Do you feel like you should be like killed at one, um, you know, before you want to try and jump into this music scene, or like, do you feel like it's okay for a producer to just produce beats, but then go to you know a show and completely fumble each transition, or vice versa, a DJ who's pretty good, but none of the tracks are produced by them? How do you feel about that? uh
0: well, I mean, I wouldn't want to be completely fumbling every transition, but. I see what you mean. <laughs> like, you, if you want to just produce and that's your thing, some people just want to ghost produce. That's a whole career. I don't think that... It, I know that there's some folks who see it as, like, touring is the only way to succeed in music as an electronic producer, but it's not really the case now. You You can you can get streaming royalties. You can, once you know how to produce, if you focus on your craft, maybe people are hitting you up to do mixing for them. I've had a few clients so far because I mean, people will hear the music that I make and they like how it sounds. I'll tell them that I mix it myself. And they'll be like, yep. How much you charging? Let me, let me get a mix, please. (laughs) Okay. And then that's, that's, Another way to be successful in music, I think, is you can, you can tap into anything. You could be a sound designer. There's the producer Skit, who would just make splice packs for a while. He, he makes music too, but he focused a lot of his time on making samples, and that's cool. I think that if you're good at a specific part of production, why not just make that your focus? Oh, that's a really, like
4: a really nice piece of advice that i don't i'm not sure if i've heard on here quite yet or at least articulated it like that a lot of people will especially like you know they're so easily i guess fixated on like becoming the star or whatever the fuck or you know being behind the scenes in the industry quote unquote rubbing shoulders blah blah, blah. they don't like a, like you can get your bag in so many other different professional ways like If you have, like you said, if you have the skill set, there's a lot of different things that you can do freelance-wise to just kind of like get that paper. You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
0: (laughs) And if that's what if that's what you're going for, then there are easier ways than being a headliner DJ as your main goal. That can be your goal. I'm not gonna hate on you, but if you if you're trying to monetize it. I know that a lot of people will start out and they'll think that like making beats and selling beats is the only way. That's not true either. Right. There's so many different avenues you can approach it from. You're not going to start out making money though. No. Unless I mean, you're unless you unless you're like, a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe an industry plant situation, but. Right.
4: So let me ask you, um, I've pretty much gone through most things, but I, I think there's one thing I haven't asked. Um, now this is like a new question I've just been kind of asking artists on this season in particular. But like, like what, what are what are your dreams like? Kind of like in life in general. Like
0: what do you what do you dream to achieve? Man, I want to have my music in a video game. Hey. That's something <laughs> right there. I want to I want to actually make a video game soundtrack. I would love if I could find that connection with somebody and find a game that I really believe in and compose the soundtrack for it, that would be an incredible experience to me. That's one of those things that I put at the top. Uh, You know, other than that, Beryl and I have talked about wanting to move somewhere tropical when we retire, you know, maybe Costa Rica or something like that. We'll have banana trees out back. That'd be the nice. life. I think that's like in-game goals.
4: <laughs> that sounds beautiful. I um, uh, Costa Rica. It would it, that would just be a really nice place. I hear it's I hear it's super dope. I mean the video game thing too. I just think that uh, that I feel like you're going to achieve that. You just gotta go find some developers somewhere who are like yo we need a couple of somethings yeah i i, I know that's going to happen soon I, I i believe that on your journey and i, I hope God, that costa rica happens as well
0: just got to find the right person that believes in the in the murkish message
4: right and speaking of so what what do you
0: got going on in the future like
4: what's what's murkish got you got some shows or like some uh, obviously you said you got a lot of whips you haven't released and new music but uh, like you got some streams or something like that what do you got going for you
0: yeah so coming up i'm thinking about our collective you know i'm co-founder of harmony haven with um, kaleido kitty and hookin we put on comp albums two or three of them a year we do the horrors from the haven in october for halloween every year we have a we have one coming up that is rhythm game inspired music like ddr osu beat saber stuff like that and the idea is to create a song that you feel like would fit in one of those games and i'm going to make an effort to try and make sure that each song on the album is in at least one of those games I listed. I know that some of the folks in our server are able to kind of do some magic in Osu. For example, I can map Stepmania. But that's... I want it to be like an audiovisual experience of an album. If you want to, you can you can play the songs. You could go open up your Beat Saber and play one of the songs. You could download Step Mania. It's a free... DDR type game, and uh it lets you map your own songs to it. I want to put I want to put my song in that game because oh, it's it really badass. <laughs> it taps into the roots of what I started.
4: Oh, it reminds me of this game called I don't know if it was like like Waves or Waves or something like that, but it Think was something like Wave Surfer. Wave something like that, wave surfer or some shit. But yeah, you could like like map your music to it. That sounds super cool. I'm I'm excited to see how that project uh, goes on. Um, did you have anything
0: else you're working on with uh with that or Oh yeah, so that's that's one of the main focuses right now. I've got a song with you and Collider Kitty working on that one. I've got a a song with Ghost Girl and Gashed. It's completely done. It was mixed by Kiba, and I just need to get some art done for it, and then figure out how I want to release it. It might be on the Rhythm Game compilation. Not sure yet. I've got so many whips, but there's one that I'm super excited about, that I'm doing an EP with my sister, who plays Clarinet. And she goes by adorable her name is dory and and she did these sick clarinet solos and we're doing like a jungle drum and bass style like late 90s i'm using a lot of uh one of the sample packs i'm pulling sounds from is this 1996 cd-rom sample pack i forget the name of it but it's got these gritty breaks and vocal samples in it they're just the most ridiculous old school shit, and I love it. I um earlier on, I and making music, I didn't play with samples a lot because I was pretty hard headed about making everything on my own. But I'm playing more with the sampling now, and I think that it's once you once uh I unlocked that, I was having more fun with making music because you can kind of like quote things and reference things, and it's fun to do that. So that's I'm excited to release that EP, but I need to wrap up the songs and I have limited time.
4: <laughs> if only, if only we could shadow clone like. Uh, oh my gosh! If if we could shadow clone, but no, I'm I'm excited for those projects. the 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 clarinet one sounds incredibly cool with your sis. I, I'm a I'm a fan for like you know instruments engaged with like electronic music and you got these cool sample packs oh you remember that joke when people were like uh fucking i used to think sampling was uncool or some shit so i made my own drums and then the guy like turns into like a goat farmer at the end of it because he's like yeah it's <laughs> like I don't, know how, I don't know how the hell i got here but i'm a guard fucking goat farmer now
0: <laughs> yeah i can't i can't buy milk from the store so i need to buy a goat so i can you eat drink goat's milk oh and no i need to I need to give birth... I had to breed goats, and then... <laughs> That's so ridiculous, and it's like, well, uh, shit. I guess
4: I said I don't really have time for making music anymore, you know, taking care of the goats and all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Growing the grass.
4: We go, um... We're almost done here. I just want to thank you once again, but a couple more things I always like to ask just because it keeps the music universe spinning and uh, this is how I was able to reach out. Uh, to you and bear and just how i was able to hear you guys' fucking dope ass music and talk to y'all for this month on the podcast um but if there are a couple of people you've already shouted out a few but if you you know had some artists that you would want uh to join the third coast fam uh who would you shout out
0: oh for sure right now gashed gash 3d is how you spell it this dude is amazing he was heavily inspired by like sorcery and yedger and like earlier softwave music and I think that he connected deeply with the melodies in the music. So every time he makes a song, he focuses heavy on the melody, the melodies, the melodic content in general. Drums come second. So you'll just be like floating in the space of reverbed out plucks and ambient pads he knows how to he knows how to speak to my soul just right so gashed for sure yeah i would definitely reach out and then also i'm working on a song with lucy l-u-h-c-y who is a phenomenal producer started out with german bass dabbled in the wave a little bit i they are super talented
4: yeah, we'll anyway. definitely reach out. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely reach out. I'll get with you after this, and we'll reach out. Um, and hopefully, we can get them on. Uh, hopefully, next season or the season after that. Our, our catalog is getting ridiculously backed up at this point, but that's the music universe. Um, uh, but where can people find you? Um, are you are you Murkish everywhere. What's your MySpace? What's your uh,
0: what is- man, MySpace. Shooie! <laughs> I haven't had one of those in years. Okay, I am on all platforms that I am not Murkish. So N-O-T-M-U-R-K-I-S-H. Twitter, Instagram, I'm not Murkish. But YouTube, I snagged at Murkish. And SoundCloud at Murkish. And on Spotify, iTunes, whatever else, I'm just Murkish. But if you can't find me on Murkish, it's not Murkish.
4: Yo... Well, Mark, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, I will give you the final floor to say some last words of wisdom to the audience if you got them.
0: Oh, you know, thank you for having me, Third Coast Bass Radio. I I got nothing else. I got nothing else for you. Just enjoy what you do. And if you're not making music yet and you feel like you should, get started. Uh, you can literally DM me on Instagram or Twitter. I, I've had people message me how to start producing. I don't mind. Anyway, thank you so much. Yo, there you have it. Very Co Space Radio, Season
4: Four, Episode Thirty Five. Be sure to like us and the respective artists involved, as always. Yo, spring's right around the corner. Time to start getting weird. See you guys next month. Take it easy. Blah. Pow, pow, pow.